Hey everyone, it's Rob with Four Songs coming at you with another episode. A little soon too. You know, it wasn't that long when my last one came out. So I can't tell you though, this is going to happen again anytime soon because I'm probably going to be hitting a bit of a wall here. Got some stuff coming though, don't worry. It's just going to be a couple weeks, maybe a little longer. So best thing to do is to hit that subscribe button or you can follow me on Twitter. Honestly, I'm not on there that much anymore, but you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or hit that follow button at four songs two. That's at four songs number two. And again, you don't want to miss anything because I got some good stuff coming. So I think if there's one thing that I've chronicled on this podcast, it is that the music industry is an absolute mystery. With the day of streaming, with the day of Spotify and viral moments, it is virtually impossible to know if you're a singer or songwriter how to get your stuff in front of the widest audience of people possible in fact there really is no blueprint anymore it's whatever you think will work you'll try it and i think my next guest who's been on this show a number of times seattle-based singer songwriter ian jones personifies that as well as anybody ian is here to talk about his latest single called i can't seem to drink her off my mind which you may guess is a country song in fact, it is the kind of song that you would have heard on the radio in Bakersfield. Yeah, it's that kind of song. We're talking David Allen Coe, Merle Haggard, all those old school singer-songwriters. But as great as this song is, what's interesting, though, is the way Ian is releasing it. Because the song itself is on an album that has not come out yet. In fact, it's still being produced. It's still being written in some ways. If you hear Ian drop the name Jesse on this podcast, we're referring to his producer, Jesse Seibenberg. Jesse has produced his last two albums. And has been a constant supporter of Ian from for the past boy, a long time. Let's put it that way. Anyway, long story short, Ian released the live version of I Can't Seem to Drink Her Off My Mind before anyone has heard the studio version, because as I said, that album is still being produced. So why did he do it? I mean, why release a live version of a song that no one outside of Jesse and Ian have, have heard? Because why not? Because maybe it'll work. Who knows? There's no rules these days. No one knows what's going to make the next big viral hit. No one knows how to get your songs in front of the big talent in Nashville or elsewhere, the big country stars who could turn the song into a top 10 hit, really. I think hopefully Ian will work for him because it's a dynamite song. You're going to love it because it will take you back, as I said. And here's another thing about this song and a lesson for all you aspiring songwriters out there. If you ever wake up in the middle of the night with a song in your head, Get up, write it down. Don't forget it, because as Ian learned, it may not come back to you the way you first heard it. So lesson learned, Ian was fortunate enough to get the song back. I am fortunate enough to welcome him back to this show. So please welcome, for the third time, Ian Jones to Four Songs. Hey, Ian, good to see you again. Uh, it's been a few months since we've talked, and uh, just first thing, you know, what's going on? What's new? Technically, I'm still apparently supporting the last record. The result's not typical. You know, I think in the you might we talked in the very beginning uh, back in April when the album came out and I had just done a 10 state radio tour. And a couple of weeks ago, I just got done doing the exact same tour, but reverse direction, um, playing shows in support of that, going back, talking to the radio station, saying hi to people, playing shows, meeting people. And it was awesome. It was also just I got so lucky because I was literally like for the first week and a half of it i was three days ahead of the snow hmm. it was 70 degrees not a cloud in the sky and three days later everywhere i went there was a foot and a half of snow so i dodged that bullet you know the music industry i mean you'd have to be you understand because you're you're in it no one really knows what the heck is going on 
there is no formula. You know, back in the 90s, you know, there was you make a record, you do a single, you have your PR people. There was a f- format in which you followed the steps in order to put stuff out. And now with the industry being the way that it is, I don't even know that the head of Sony knows what the hell is going on. I mean, because it's constantly changing and evolving. So what we've got is what on my tour, I ended up down in, in California where I met with Jesse, spent a couple days in Ojai. And we went through into his studio and we just tempoed out and did acoustic versions of 17 songs that are going to be for the next record. And I've also have an, I have a new band okay. that I have put together. And it's funny, it's it's these guys that I've known for years and years and years. And but we've never played together because they're always too busy. And so uh, I had a big show when we did the CD release party. I had I had I had them play with me. There was a big promoter guy from the other side of the mountains who said, man, we got to get these guys. We got to get these guys up to Plain Cellars. Plain Cellars is a big outdoor winery. They have summer shows, 400, 500 people. And I said, yeah, that's nice. But, you know, the pay structure at Plain Cellars is such that it wouldn't be possible for me to do that. So I told him, I said, hey, I would love to do that. But there's a problem. He said, what's that? I said, well, these guys are expensive. (laughs) And it's going to cost me X number of dollars to just walk on stage with them. And he said, don't worry about it. We'll cover it. I said, okay. So. I asked the guys, it was six months out. They were like, yeah, we've got that day open. We got together, we had one rehearsal and with guys this good, that's all you need. Hmm. And we went out, we played the show and they were so excited to have us. They had a, there's a, uh, it's called Mountain Music Productions and there's a guy named Dennis Broughton, who's the main guy. He's a retired Boeing engineer. And then this guy named Steve Clem, who's a former district attorney and judge over in the county over there still. And he owns a music store. He's a hell of a guitar player and musician. So they have this company. So they brought the sound. They said, we'll take care of the PA. We'll take care of the sound system. We'll run everything in lights. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. So we go, we show up and we played. Little did I know that they had recorded it. Oh. So a couple of weeks later, I started getting these emails from Steve saying, oh, here's this song and here's this song. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? I go, did you record that? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I said, hey, send me. This this song, the um, I can't seem to drink her off my mind because I just had a I I remembered that we really did a good version of that at the show. Mm-hmm. So he sent it to me and I was like, OK, I said, can you send? do you mind? Do you, will you send me the stems? Because we videotaped it as well. What does stems mean? Stems means the individual tracks. OK, so when he recorded everything, everything was recorded. So all the drums were mic, the bass was mic, oh, everything was mic'd up. So he sent me the stems and I sent them down to Jesse. And I said, hey, man, listen to this. This is a song off the next record. And he was like, man, who's the guitar player? And I said, yeah, right. Jeff Fielder is pretty insane. Uh, Jeff plays with Amy Ray and the Indigo Girls, and he used to play with Mark Lanigan. And he's top. He's my favorite guitar. For my kind of music, he's my favorite guitar player in this, on the West Coast, really. So I said, can you mix this? I go, but don't mix it too good. I don't want it to be too polished up. It's live. It's supposed to be rough. He goes, yeah, yeah. So Jesse mixed it. I had Jason from the studio master it and then we married it to the video. And then I was talking to my Spotify guy and I said, I kind of got this crazy idea. What if we released a live single before the album's even done? And he goes, 
well, that's kind of backwards. I'm like, but backwards from what? What's the formula? There is no formula. Like we have this cool version of the song and people should hear it. I think the strength in that song is, and this is what everyone who hears it tells me, they said, man, that's a good song. That's got a hook. It's an earworm. It sounds really familiar. It sounds like a classic country song. Yeah. And a couple of people have said, man, you should try to get that song to another artist to sing. And I was like, okay, so how do you do that? And the answer to that is I have no idea. That's kind of what happened with that. And so we're going to see, we're going to go down next year. It's going to wait until 2024. We're going to go down to Ojai and record part of the record there. And we're probably going to record part of it up here in the Stone Gossard studio from uh, Pearl Jam. He's got a nice studio in Fremont. And then, and then the record will hopefully come out by the end of 2024. So we'll, okay. we'll, that's, we're just kind of backwards. The single is out. It's live before the rec- record I mean, who knows? Maybe right. I'm an idiot, but I, but who right. knows? You got to try it. And I think that's what, I mean, I think I didn't know it was coming. So I could, it popped on my, you know, my release, new release radar and Spotify. Sometimes it's awful. Sometimes it's like, oh my God, how did I miss that? And this popped up. I was like, okay, I've got to listen to this. And you're right. It is a pure country, Nashville. It's, it's yeah. I mean, and, and I know we've talked in the past about your influences and, you know, what, from the countryside, I mean, this is like Merle Haggard. This is Dim Lights, Thick Smoke, and Waylon and Hank, David Allen Coe. I mean, where did you, where'd you draw for draw from for this one? We've talked in the past about my friend Dave Bickford, who is we've writ, we wrote Evergreens together. We wrote um, Without You, I'm Lost together, and his family has a cabin up at Mount Rainier on this lake. We go up there and we hunt and we fish. And we, we, I go up there to get away from the city and recharge my batteries. And he's gone through a tough patch uh, per, with some personal stuff this last year. And so we went up, I was up at the cabin one night and we were talking about songwriting. And I was like, hey, you know, we got to work on some some new songs. You know, if you're going through all this stuff, I mean, nothing better to draw from. And so we were sitting around, we were, you know, having a glass of whiskey or whatever. And we we started discussing a song idea, this this song. And we talked about a guy sitting at a bar, spilling his guts to the bartender, which happens every night all around the world, right? And the poor bartender doesn't get paid to be a therapist, but there they are. And so that's the idea came up out of that. And we went to a couple different directions. And every time it was like, no, 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 no. This is way too complicated. Keep it simple, stupid. And then I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and this song was completely done. Wow. Music, lyrics, everything was done. Like I had sorted it out in my head while I was asleep. Mm. And the, but we had the first line, Hey bartender, pour a double in this empty glass. And then the whole thing came after that. Tender bore a double in this empty glass. You see, I'm drinking to forget her. 
And so this pain won't last To see them trying hard to hide these tears Leave the past behind But I can't seem to drink her I know we've talked in the past, oh, the last couple times when we've talked about the last records, about my influences. And I've talked a lot about, oh, you know, my babysitter was a turntable and the records that my mom had, because my dad left when I was really young. But when I did spend time with my dad, my dad was the he was the classical music guy. I mean, he could he could listen to a recording of Beethoven or Brahms or whatever symphony. Not only could he tell you what symphony it was, but he could probably tell you what symphony it was and who the conductor was. He was that dialed in. But he was also the country music guy. So we would go fishing and he lived in a trailer up in the woods because he didn't want to rent a house and he had his big truck and we'd go up and stay in his trailer and we'd listen to David Allen Coe and we'd listen to Merle Haggard and we'd listen to Buck Owens and we'd listen to George Jones and we'd listen to John Stewart. And so there are, it's funny because now that I've gone through this whole circular evolution of the nineties, trying to sing rock and there's the grunge stuff and it didn't work and it didn't work. And I think the reason it didn't work is because ultimately this kind of old school classic country sound is what I I was running from it forever. And I'm good at it. Well, I still recall the night we met when she took my hand. And though she left with me, we both knew she had come with another man. In the years since then, well, I've tried to pretend true love must be blind. Now I can't seem to drink her off my mind. I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I came out to my studio. I wrote it down and I recorded it. And then the next morning, I when I I came out with my coffee and I was listening to it, I honestly, I had to Google it because I thought it was someone else's song. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, I can, because I, you know, you do it. it like I said, it, it sounds so familiar because it has that classic country drowning in your beer feel. But then, you know, you, it's because I was kind of doing the same thing. I was like, I think this is his song, but let me just check. <laughs> and you know, the line, you know, can't drink off my mind. I mean, I've heard yeah, that's from yeah, that comes from Stones. I know from Yep, um, exactly. I Googled yeah. it. And the only thing that came up was honky yeah. tonk woman. And I was like, ooh, I'm gonna roll the dice with this one. <laughs> yeah. you know? And there are a few more, like I had uploaded it through CD Baby and I was waiting for it to go live on Spotify and the streaming services. So I would go on to Spotify and I would and I would t- start typing in, I can't seem to drink her off my mind. And when you got to the very end of it, it would say, there are no results for this. <laughs> but as you were typing it, all these results would come up. You know, <laughs> I can't seem to drink. And most of them were country, you know, songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many other songs pull from, I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, that's like what folk right. music is. Not that this is folk. I mean, to me, every music is some sort of folk music, but. It's you borrow, you you add, you move on, you 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 bring your own stuff to it, and but it's not like this is not honky tonk woman. This is not a no, 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 no. <laughs> or even country honk. I mean, the, yeah, the, the Stones tried that, but it's it's different. So yeah, this is much more classic. The moment I laid eyes on her, she had me, and I just knew. That I had to make her mine 
Now all those years are gone Now I'm the one that's being left behind And I can't seem to drink her off my mind Have you had a song like that come to you before, just in a dream like that, or is that highly unusual? Uh, no, as far as this goes, like this one came, this is a first. Hmm. And I'm not going to, I, I, you know, if it happens again, I'll, I'm not going to say no to it. The, actually, the, the, the true, the true, the long form of this story is that it came to me in my head when I was sleeping, and I wrote down a couple notes. A co- I wrote down a couple of the, 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 um. The, the words for the course and I thought to myself oh there's no way I'm ever going to forget this and I didn't get up and write it down and the next morning I woke up and I had fragments of it but I couldn't remember the structure of it at all and I was killing myself and I tried for like three weeks to do it and then it came again and I woke up and I got up in my boxers and I went out to the studio and that's when I wrote it down and I recorded it and I was like don't let that one go by again so I I joke when I play the song Every once in a while, I'll tell the story and I'll say, hey, if you're ever in bed asleep and something comes up and you wake up and you have something in your head, don't think you're going to remember it the next morning because you're not get up and write it down. Because that I mean, I got lucky when it came again. And I mean, I don't know, maybe the first time I had it, maybe it was a little different, but I'm 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 happy with what I've got. I mean, I think it's I think it's about as damn perfect a country song as you. I mean, it's so simple. Two verses and a bridge that you repeat. I really don't know how else you could change it to make it any better. completely lucid when i was trying to and i there's no way i could have written that because hmm. it's too simple you know and so anyway i'll i'll take it I've, I've had ideas that i've woken up to but i've you know now i've learned my lesson yeah get up and write them down yeah so who's playing with you is this this is in, in the band that you mentioned your guitar player but that uh, is like oh, jeff fielder jeff fielder is a guitar player yeah his guitar work is fantastic but so Jeff plays with Amy Ray, and then he also plays with the Indigo Girls, and he played with uh, Mark Lanigan before Mark's untimely passing. Mm-hmm. And then on bass, I've got Andy Stoller, who I met, oh, 
27 years ago. He played on my buddy Phil Cody's record. He also played on the original Tracy Chapman Fast Car record. He did those sessions. Um, now he plays with heart. And then we have a guy named Eric Eagle on drums, who Eric is just his reputation precedes him. And when and I really don't know Eric that well. I know Andy and Jeff well, but I, I know who Eric is, and I'm a big fan of his playing, especially for this kind of music. He is the go-to guy for in Seattle for this kind of music. So is this the direction of the new album? Um that's a that's a good question. So what we did is I recorded those 17 songs with Jesse, and, and he was and and it's funny because there are about five or six brand new songs on the record and there's and the rest of them are some there's some really really old songs that's that have never been recorded some i had totally forgotten about and i was literally going through i have everything cataloged and i was going through and i was like oh man that's there's a song called fullerton county road which was written i was with my sister in the bay area and she was dating this guy and the guy's best friend was George Fullerton's son from GNL Guitars. Okay. So George Fullerton and Leo Fender started GNL. And they were sitting, we were sitting around drinking one night, and he was telling stories about how him and George Fullerton's son used to go up into the hills outside of San Francisco and they'd have bonfires and look at the city and they would burn like reject second guitar necks. And I was oh. like, oh man. Wow. What a cool story. So I came up with this story about Fullerton County Road and this whole thing. And it kind of has this Rolling Stones, Dead Flowers kind of feel, kind of a little bit like the band. I dusted that one off. There are a couple songs that I, I did that were, I gave myself as exercises to try to write. Like, I want to try to write a song like this. I want to try to write it. I want to try to write a song that has a shitload of lyrics in it. You know, like just what's the I can never remember the name of the song because he only has a trillion songs. But that Dylan song where he's like, looking up the government. Right. So, yeah, subterranean homesick blues. So there's a song called Short Rope that I use that song as a template for. And I just spat out lyrics. Boom, 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 boom. So the question for Jesse was, I said, do we want to take this? Because there are some songs that you could go either way with. I said, do we want to go more of this kind of classic country way? Mm-hmm. Or do we want to go a little bit more Tom Penny, the Heartbreakers, put a little bit more electric guitar and make it a little bit more rocking? And I don't know the answer to that yet because I'm going to let him choose because he's the producer and I trust him. Mm-hmm. And he's basically has not done me wrong yet. Okay. You know, well, we look forward to, to hearing more. So, um, yeah, so we'll just follow up and stay in touch, obviously. And thank you yeah. for taking the time this morning. Well, Appreciate thank you it. so much. And Apar, sorry, sorry about the mix up, but no, it's, no. it seems tis yeah. the season. Well, thank you, Ian. As you may be able to tell, we recorded that interview right before Christmas, hence the tis the season comment. But hey, tis the season. Go out and download Ian's new song. Check him out, ianjonesmusic.com. Go see him when he comes near you. Hopefully he'll be coming down east sometime and I can meet him in person. Anyway, stay tuned. Have a good one. Thank you for listening.